This is the Radio South End podcast, all about South End. Get involved, comment, like, and share. Hi there, welcome to episode seven of the Radio South End podcast with more of the guests who have joined us over the past week. I'm Mark Grantham. You can join me for breakfast on Radio South End with the latest news, sport, weather, travel, and South End's biggest hits, weekdays from six. Now, on the podcast this time, how would you like to be on TV? Casting director Sasha Risner from Channel 4's award winning Come Dine With Me is looking for contestants from South End. So, we need people who have stamina and who aren't going to kind of fall asleep on the fourth night after <laughs> eating you know a big steak dinner and drinking a large glass of red wine tv consumer champion dominic littlewood talks about reducing the risks of car crime any car can be a target you know don't think you know because you've got a green cheap car or whatever that it's not going to hit you know you you know it could be anybody and we chat with two hairs about town artists jane high and lois cordelia it's a lovely challenge for me to, to have a three-dimensional canvas and to be able to place little critters playing hide and seek around the, the contours. Of- Plus we're joined by our very own Harley the Hare. Oh yeah. But first, are you a keen cook? Do you like hosting dinner parties? And would you like to win £1,000? Well, maybe Channel 4's Come Dine With Me is for you. Sasha Rizna tells us why the show is so successful. I think it's the fact that we're putting five people who have never or would never imagine sitting around a dinner table together in a completely surreal environment um, and just letting it flow, letting the sparks arise, frictions come about, but also friendships to form. So I think that's what makes it so interesting. And in the show, it, it, do you literally just put the contestants in the room, they do their cooking, they do their chatting, they have a little snout through people's cupboards and drawers and all that sort of stuff or is there any sort of production in it or do you just let it fly and capture it and see what happens well there is a slight production involved in it in the sense that we know um said information about a certain dinner guest and therefore we'd like for them to discuss that um Mm. or to hold it back and surprise the other dinner guests when it's their evening so there is some sort of um you know questions thrown at the dinner guest to provoke an interesting conversation right Otherwise, it might just be about their families for five nights and their jobs, which I don't think is um, too interesting to the people at home. So, yes, we we throw some interesting questions to provide interesting debates um, and bring about certain stories that they told us. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the weather in South End, you know, we all know about the weather in South End, you know, generally very good. Uh, But what do you look for in your ideal contestant? Okay, ideal contestant. Number one is energy. And when I when I mean energy, it's having some um, some like passion, some thirst for life you know that can kind of bounce off the screen the show is intense it's over five days and nights so we need people who have stamina and who aren't gonna kind of fall asleep on the fourth night after (laughs) eating you know a big steak dinner and drinking a large glass of red wine um so energy number one is the most important number two is having a passion for cooking it is a cooking show after all and number three people who like to host dinner parties so energy enjoying to cook Sorry, energy, love, people who love to cook and people who love to host. You know, we, we go through a pandemic and fingers crossed uh, we'll be coming out of it probably by the time you do filming. Are there any special requirements that you're having to put in to this series? Maybe that's different from the past 10 or 11? So this year we are using an independent location. So a really, really big house, which means we can adhere to um, social distancing really and adhere to COVID protocols. People will have to wear masks when they're not on camera. We have a cleaner on set. We have a COVID marshal on set. 
we need to make sure that if one person, you know, happens to contract COVID, it doesn't wipe out the whole crew and also the rest of the contestants. But the good side and the plus side is that, first of all, no one will be rooting around your drawers and you don't have to do any of the clearing up. We will clear all your pots and pans up for you and then you're, you're good to go. See, the bit about the show I really love is the bit where they go rooting through the wardrobes and they try and find those hidden secrets. So that bit of the show is going to, going to be missing, isn't it? Well, we are asking people to bring things to the house that represent them so we can still provide that sense of um, ah. surprise. We want to make the night feel as much as um, them as possible. So mm. whether it's them bringing a broom or a relic or something that feels um, very much like them. We'll, we'll encourage that. So when are you looking to be filming um, for your South End week? So we are shooting between the 23rd of August and the 27th of August. That's a Monday to Friday. And then we will film sometimes the backstory on the Sunday. So that's establishing who that individual is to the people viewing at home. And we are taking applications in now. We're calling people as we speak. We're doing Zoom calls and we're pitching to our commissioner. So the process has started um, and we are already speaking to some amazing people in South End. And literally, do you film it as we would probably see it on the telly, right, as opposed to in bits over all over the place? It'll be contestant one number one's night. They do the cooking. They do the hosting. And then it, it, rotates, it rotates around all the contestants. Yeah, exactly. So we'll do... Um, the menu reveals in the day, so where you see them at like a pub or a club or a gym, that happens in the day. And then around 4pm, people arrive at the house. We do arrivals and drinks, and then we start the dinner party, start as main desserts. It's much more stressful than I think a lot of people think. I know when I'm cooking at home, you know, and I'm following a recipe, it can take me like an hour or two just getting the bits out of the the fridge and all that sort of stuff but then imagine having a camera crew watching you as well and asking mm. you to repeat certain bits over and over again what can be a 10 minute task at home is about a 35 minute um experience while um under the spotlight so we encourage people to cook simpler meals than they would naturally um, and want to on the show you know people want to be experts and cook jus and 10 different ways of bread and sauces and just not not enough time always for that and is being able to cook on being very competent in the kitchen a requirement um or you know can someone turn up and do a salad and beans on toast it's not a requirement but i think it is a cooking show after all so the reason why we say we're looking for people who are passionate about cooking doesn't always mean that they're great cooks but to have the passion for it so when they're in the kitchen it feels like they want to win that is a requirement we don't want people on the show who are going to come in and say I'm just going to cheat or I'm just going to do this or I'm just going to put Chris on a plate now, that isn't fun for the people at home or people who are turning up to a dinner party and receiving you know right. Chris in bread so if, if we've whetted someone's appetite this morning um, how can they get involved how can they apply so there's a couple of ways if you're on Facebook you can go to our Come Down Me casting Facebook page and there is a link to our E-Tribes casting account um, you can email us in at CDWM which stands for Come Dine With Me at multistory.tv or if you're online just go to channel 4 take part type in come dine with me and you'll be transferred to the page there's loads of ways just come dine with me google you're good Sasha it's been great chatting with you this morning good luck finding all those contestants from South Ends 
and have a fabulous day. Thank you so much. Speak soon. There are many ways you can listen to Radio South End. Like on your Google or Amazon smart speaker. Just search for Radio South End in your skill store. Enable the skill and then whenever you want to listen, just say play or launch Radio South End. Alternatively, you can visit radiosouthend.com and click on the Google or Amazon app logos on the homepage, which will launch the skill for you to enable. There is also further information on different ways you can listen to Radio South End on the go. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate if you could rate the podcast and leave any comments whilst you're there. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to get notifications of when the next episode lands. Now, next on the podcast, we chat with another one of the artists who have created a wonderful design on the Hairs About Town Trail. Jane High is the creator of Sunrise, sponsored by South End Borough Council. So, kind of what inspired your design for this hair? Yeah, mainly all the images on it are, well, all of them are um, Vincent van Gogh's images. And I link that to, as most people know, that he suffered greatly with his mental health um, depression from a young man onwards, really. Um, and I wanted to uh, sort of inspire people with his colours and the links of symbolism associated with the actual paintings to say that although mental health still has got a slight stigma and I'd like to see that in you know the near future dissipating, uh, but things have really moved a long way since uh, the times of Vincent when he was um, in places like asylums. Um, and the symbolism in my uh, hair, which was um, renamed because of the sponsors Sunrise, um, it was awareness that so um, now it's Sunrise, which is a bit more enlightening. Um, so the, the images are mainly there's the whole of the starry night around the, the middle section mm. of his body. I call him him, but some people have referred to it as her. So. Um, and uh, that was produced by Vincent van Gogh when he was in an asylum in France uh, shortly after he'd um, cut part of his ear off and he was really sort of uh, in the depths of his depression. Um, and then sort of try to lighten the uh, <laughs> the other images with the symbolism of the flowers, the sunflowers, his favourite colour. Um, it's sort of inspiring uh, growth and um, love. And the other flowers are like new life. Um, I tried to bring that into it to, to be more of an inspiring sort of link uh, as a way forward. And uh, although he struggled, struggled in adversity, um, he did paint throughout his illnesses mm. um, almost as a, as a therapy. And I like to think that art is a therapy in itself um, and can bring you through your tunnel and, you know, sort of inspire you and the lovely bright colours as well so for, you know, to enlighten people. So is this the first time you've been involved in a Wild in Art project? Yes, Definitely. <laughs> so how did that come about? Um, I just sent a link, I think. I can't remember how I received the link um, to apply. And I was really sort of interested in it. So then I started to get the ideas together and applied. But that was in 2020. And I managed to get through the first stage. But unfortunately, I didn't get through to the second stage. So um, Amy, Heads uh, About Town, um, said, do you want me to put your um, application on sort of hold in case anyone picks it up at a later date? And uh, she contacted me just after Christmas to tell me I was successful. I was really delighted, yeah, to be part of it all. Mm. So, uh, and then I received a sponsor a bit later on. So, yeah. so do you think you'll be um, creating future 
animals and such for a future wild and art project? Oh, I'd love to, definitely. Yes, I'd definitely be keeping my eyes open for, for other projects. I really enjoyed it. So what's it like painting a hair versus your usual type of commissions? Yeah, it, it was a bit different because obviously it was an animal um, and I'm a pet portrait or well, an animal portrait artist. But um, the, the tricky thing was the, the contours because um, most of it was quite free sort of lines but then when I came to the bottom I've got little cottages like the peasants cottages which were actually part of Starry Night although the scene was a bit separated uh, and I found that really difficult if I stood from one angle and they looked straight and another one they looked wonky and I spent ages <laughs> I thought it'd be the easy bit just drawing cubes but that was the most difficult bit because the <laughs> angles of the time were going askew uh, yeah it was just the curves I mean it's quite nice when you want to do nice lovely free lines um, it helps you but when it's uh, upright lines vertical mm. and horizontal it's a bit of a nightmare <laughs> so you currently um, have a little studio in the Hadley Old Fire Station yes, uh, what sort of other works do you um, get uh, asked to do yeah I do commissions I mainly work in um, for my commissions mainly work in pastels or acrylics um, there, but then I also work in oils as well um, and um, I do workshops as well I mean since the pandemic it's all sort of slowed down a bit but I do um, demos around Essex for um, art clubs and for Southend Art Club and I also um, work with um, Create 98. I shall they be pleased that I flag them up in Lee um, doing uh, workshops there, uh, mainly animal ones, but I've got a, a vegetable one and as like a still life one coming up uh, mm-hmm. next month. So, yeah, I keep myself busy. <laughs> That's uh, Jane Hyde. She's the creator of Sunrise. You can see Sunrise just by the Metro Bank on the Hairs About Town Trail. Jane, thanks for, so much for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you very much, Mark. And thank you to all your listeners. Radio South End. Hairs about town. I'm Harley the Hare on Radio South End, playing South End's biggest hits. Yep, he joins me every single morning on the breakfast show at Radio South End. Oh yes. Hey Mark. What? Loads of people have been telling me that I'm funnier than you. <laughs> so here's another one of my jokes. Come on then. What do you call a hundred rabbits walking backwards? I don't know. A receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see you all today on the Hairs About Town Trail. We can be found in the high street, seafront, and throughout Pari Park. Mm. Please come and say hello. We all love to have a selfie too. Our smiles are so amazing. Apart from Rossi Hare, when she's doing her Mona Lisa impressions. <laughs> Don't forget to download the Hairs About Town app to learn more about our artists and designers. Absolutely. So can you, a quick um, name check then. Who's out on the trail today? Well, there's Stella, mm. Optimus Prime, yep. Mr. Meadow, Patch, Rusty, mm. Rocky, and not forgetting Hair of the Dog. Now, I know we can't really um, have favourites, can we? But I know Nat Solomons from the Home Run at Radio Southend. She says her favourite is Stella. I love Nat Solomons. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Do you know where Nat Solomons gets her hair done? I think the same place as Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, Harley. See you next time. Don't forget, you can download the Hairs About Town app to find out more about the hairs, the artists and the trails map. Plus, you can win rewards every time you visit one of the hairs. Still to come, we chat with Lois Cadelia, creator of the Wonderland hair. But first, TV's consumer champion, Dominic Littlewood, is campaigning to reduce car thefts. He joined me on The Breakfast Show to tell us how. Now, is anyone as unlucky as Mamma Mia star Dominic Cooper, who apparently has had five cars stolen in just 12 months? Is it down to luck or can we actually change this? Now, Co-op Insurance, they've done some research. And to help explain it, we are joined by TV 
consumer champion, a man who loves to run down a street and catch a dodgy builder, Dominic Littlewood. Morning to you, Dominic. Morning, Mark. How are you? I'm very well then. So tell me then, uh, what were the key findings in this research? Uh, in this research, well, there's a, there's, a, there's actually a Park Smart tool which you can down, download, and it will show you in particular areas of the country where crime hotspots on cars are. It's really useful, actually. I did it, and I've got a house in Lambeth, and mine's one. Well, it is the number one worst space in the country. This showed the top twenty hotspots for car crime, and it also um, gives you an idea of, or, or basically, what what we can be doing to try and eliminate that risk. I mean, Dominic Cooper, five cars in twelve months is ridiculous isn't it is there a part of this research though that kind of says you know, what cars are more likely to be targeted uh, well, as opposed to another brand yeah in the in the research mark in, i mean in the top 10 cars uh the, the top three are actually very small uh cheap runarounds they're ford fiestas ford focus and Vauxhall courses but in the same group there's also things like range rover evokes and audi a3s so basically any car can be targeted now there's, mm. there's a couple of different reasons why they are um because some of them are, are stolen for parts and when they're stripped down the parts are sold off they can be worth more than the actual car was as a whole piece and then of course there's also that risk of some cars particularly uh, the more expensive ones they might be contained and shipped abroad never to be seen again any car can be a target you know don't think you know because you've got a green cheap car or whatever that it's not going to get <laughs> you know you you know it could be anybody uh, is there ways that or things that we can do to help um, improve the security of our cars, if, especially if you're parking on a road outside our house? There's a lot of things you can do, Mark, and some of it might be common, common sense, but, you know, mm. it, it's the end of the day, we, we quite often just forget about doing the obvious things. Don't park anywhere where it's dark and, and a car can be broken in too easy. Stick it under a street light or anywhere where there's CCTV cameras or lots of people around. If you're locking your car up for the night, particularly, make sure your wheels are on full lock and the steering wheel locks on. That's because some thieves break into a car and they push it to a quieter spot down the road before they try and steal it. Um, if, you, if you leave the wheels on full lock, it means it can't be towed and they've got to get through the steering lock as well. So that's a good deterrent. Um, be very careful with all our keys now. We can press a button and the doors lock. But there's very, very cheap and inaccessible uh, uh, radio jamming devices out there now and these things block the signal between your key and the car and quite often we walk off press the button but we don't actually check the doors and while we're in the shops the, the thieves jump in and go through your glove box and your, your boot and still whatever they can so still use your key by all means but just check that doors are locked don't do the obvious and leave things on display that are worth money no laptops sunglasses uh, change in your centre console because cars can be broken into literally for a few pounds. Put that stuff out of sight or lock it in the glove box or the boot. Mm -hmm. uh, a particular favourite of mine, which I like to warn people about, is petrol stations. When we, if there's no one else in the car but you, we fill up with petrol, we go in the garage, and those three or four minutes while you're getting your credit card out, paying, getting your seat and your lottery ticket, is an ideal time for, for some opportunities to open the door and just take whatever's on display. So even though you're only a couple of feet away and, and in your only be a few minutes, lock the car after you put the petrol in. And there's another thing as well, particularly in the hot weather, we've either got our windows open or convertible with the roof down. Don't leave your valuables on the seats because anybody passing by, particularly on electric scooters, and before you know it, your items are gone, like milk on a Weetabix, Mark. Is those doorbell things now becoming more, more common and therefore helping reduce 
this type of car crime, maybe? Mark, they're definitely helping. Um, as we've all seen, that you know, the police out there sometimes when there's crimes, they can come knocking on your door. Uh, anybody who's got these these uh, doorbells or also CCTV cameras. Mm. I mean, I had the police do that to me last year. And they said, we've seen you got cameras. Um, and there was there was t- one person stabbed two people the night before. And um, they said, can we, ch- can we check your footage? And lo and behold, you saw them escaping the scene. So anything you've got will help the police. It's all very, very handy. The amount of things that are caught on those doorbell cameras and and the, the other ones that sort of illuminate and warn you when someone's in your back garden, they're brilliant. The more you've got, the better it is. But it's also a visual deterrent. So it's not just about catching them. You know, if, if a thief is, is casing the area and he sees one house with a load of security equipment and one without, well, it's obvious which one he's going to target. Absolutely. And dash cams as well, also a, a good thing to have installed in your car. I can't let you go, Dominic, without having a quick chat about you know, the stuff you've done on the telly as a consumer champion, not at least uh, chasing down dodgy builders. That's one of my favourite things I've ever seen on the telly. You know, you're not wrong. And we did 11 series of it. There was over 10 uh, people went to jail as a result of what they were doing, over 20 prosecutions. So it's a very powerful programme. Then Channel 5 went and sold. <laughs> and uh, Richard Desmond, who owned it, sold it to a, a dirty, great big multi-global um, company. And the new owners decided not to keep it going. It was a shame because it had a lot more life in it. And uh, there's still a loads of mm. road builders and tradesmen out there, as long as, you know, mainly the good ones. But um, yeah, it, you know, like anything in life, you know, when there's money around, rogues will try and get it from you as, as easily as possible. So just be on your guard. Absolutely. Uh, just remind us again where that app is, where we can find out about uh, particular hotspots or safer places to park. The easiest thing is to go to Google and just type in co-op park smart tool. Uh, you haven't got to sign up or anything. You just literally put your postcode in or, or street name and it will show you how much crime has been committed there over the last six months. Dominic Midwood, it's been great chatting. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Mark. Have a good day. Did you know that 90% of people aged 12 and above listen to radio? Those same people are also potential consumers of the products and services companies like yours provide. Radio Southend is the new digital radio station for Southend on Sea and the surrounding area, with advertising packages starting from as little as £12 per week and sponsorships from just £8 per week. Radio is a trusted medium that can produce incredible results. Let people know you're back in business with Radio Southend. Email sales at radiosouthend.com. Now, finally on episode seven, Lois Cadelia takes us on a fairy tale adventure with her hairs about town design good morning mark lovely to be here <laughs> well, thank you for joining me okay you're the artist for wonderland the hair on victoria avenue sponsored by Greenlight printing solutions <laughs> yeah. tell me what what was the inspiration behind this hair wonderland hair is inspired by all things fairy tale mm. which is a great passion of mine i being a freelance artist and illustrator. I I love fairy tale, especially in the form of silhouettes, which is the art style that I've used on Wonderland. In the past, I've always cut out very intricate silhouettes using a scalpel out of paper. And I've recently sort of translated this paper cut art into what you might more loosely term silhouette art. And that's what I've used on the hair. So it's it's the idea that you can you can sort of see yourself in a silhouette more easily than you can in a painting, if you see what I mean. Fairy tale, wonder, mystery, all those sort of things that as children we love and and sort of inspire us. Yeah, now I had the privilege of having to read the audio description in the Hairs About Town app and the, the script I was given, it says it's a moon gaze with a hair falling down the rabbit hole joined by the Mad March Hairs Tea Party. I mean, how... <laughs> 
I mean, as bonkers as all that sounds, how did you kind of go about thinking, well, which bits of the hair is going to have what parts of this story? So when you have a three-dimensional canvas, it's quite an interesting challenge uh, for, for an artist to almost see, to, to, to reimagine that as a sort of a landscape. And mm. for me, when I've got this sort of fairy tale theme, um, no pun intended, I imagine Rapunzel at the top with her hair <laughs> drifting all the way down. So that was sort of where I started. So her hair sort of forms, if you like, the backbone of the whole design turns into all sorts of things as it goes down, merges with a giant peacock's feather, and then sort of evolves into the rest of the landscape. As you mentioned, the the sort of Alice in Wonderland theme as well, with the white rabbit and the March Hare. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely challenge for me to, to have a three-dimensional canvas and to be able to place little critters playing hide and seek around the the contours of that yeah so is this the first time you've worked on a hair or a 3d type model no i i'm gonna say it's about my 25th i've, I've sort oh, of wow. lost count now i think <laughs> i've been doing them for a while all around the country my first was a pig for Ipswich, which is my hometown in 2016. Since then, I've I sort of caught the bug. I've been doing them ever since. I absolutely love them. I've got quite a, a menagerie in my portfolio, you might yeah. say. So what's it like when the hair kind of turns up into your workshop? It's six foot tall, and um, do you get strange looks from people as it, like these creatures arrive? Well, yes. I think the neighbours around here... Um, have seen a few of these giant animal statues coming and going and probably raised a few eyebrows. I was lucky the hair actually fitted inside my studio. <laughs> um, not all of them do. Yeah, for about four weeks or so earlier this year, I had this giant hair, particularly just behind me where I'm standing in my studio. On Zoom meetings, I, I remember one or two people saying, Lois, are you aware there's a giant bunny rabbit behind you? <laughs> Away from these type of commissions, what sort of work do you normally get up to? As a freelance artist, I do all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Um, I sort of seem to specialise in unusual requests. I do sculptures in three dimensions, so actually making them myself as well. I do a lot of paintings, portraits. I also do really unusual things like at this particular moment, I'm doing a series of tiny miniature paintings onto seeds of the Brazilian fire tree which were collected by the client on his family's plantation in Brazil. He's brought them back, he wants tiny miniatures of, of little toucans and starfish and, and things, orchids all over them. So that's what I'm working at on at this moment. In reading the bio, it says here you're a speed painter. Yes. I, I need my front room doing. How quickly do you come <laughs> for me? <laughs> My my rendition of your front room would probably be, let's say, painterly and artistic rather than um, a, a traditional painters and decorators interpretation. But um, but yes, I I tend to work very quickly. If I, um, I I should say I always used to work live in public before mm. the pandemic, obviously, and I would regularly stand in our shopping centre here in Ipswich and paint a portrait in an hour or less, for example, and it always gave people that opportunity to actually stand and see art unfolding in front of them, in other words. So, you know, sort of almost blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. So you're not available then to my living room? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I'm not sure you'd appreciate my, my 
reimagining of your living room. But if it looks as wonderful as Wonderland does, no uh, hair pun jokes <laughs> intended, it will look brilliant. Lewis Cadelia, uh, thank you so much for your Absolute time this morning. Mark, thank you. And you can see Wonderland on Victoria Avenue. Uh, it's wonderful. And if you're voting for the hairs uh, right now, you're about third or fourth from the top of the list. Really? Wonderland. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful to know. <laughs> so make sure you keep voting for Wonderland and all the other hairs on the Heads About Town Trail. Lois, thank you so much. Enjoy the trail, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's Lois Cordelia, and we'll be chatting with more of the Hairs About Town artists in a future episode. And that wraps up this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to get notifications of when the next episode drops. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. It's Harley the Hair on Radio Southend. Can I just say, Mark, I know you're a little silly human, but you've got some seriously big ears tucked away over those headphones. Just like me. Ha <laughs> ha.